In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about horror and Waffle House. B-U-R-N-I-N-G on the G-R-I-L-L and noping out of there in our discussion of How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Easy, you put it on eBay. Everybody. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, go read it. Oh my god, it's so good. Please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show or creepy fucking puppets so much that you don't care about any of Sure, creepy fucking puppets. They're mutually exclusive. <laughs> Waving around a knife. You're the you're the one with the box of puppets somewhere in That's your house. That's true. Yes, but my, my puppets are mostly like animals. So, wait a minute. Have you like googled a picture of pumpkin? No. <laughs> you need to look at pumpkin. Oh, it exists. Oh, I, I mean, hold, I don't on. Know if it's... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't on. know if it's real or if it's just something that Grady Hendrix made, but <laughs> look at Pumpkin. <gasps> <laughs> That's nasty. Oh, pumpkin here. I'm Give me a hammer. <laughs> I'm your best friend. Not. <laughs> oh. Is that Let's set this house on fire? Is that good background info? Is that enough? I feel like it is. That's just nasty. That's just nasty. Your face was fantastic, though. Oh, dolls, man. I've never liked dolls. Plushies, I'm fine with. Give me a teddy bear any day, but not freaking dolls. No. No. Um, I want to look at them. I don't want to own them. Except there's one doll you do want to own. The Renesmee. I do. I thought you were talking Freak about us. Doll. Our little us We dolls. don't count. We're soft and squidgy. We're adorable. Now, oh, I would love to own the Renesbot so much. Oh, I would build her a shrine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I have actual background info that's not... <laughs> picture of pumpkin although that was really That's good not too. culturally related <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, so i read an article on rumorg.com and they say to grady hendrix you've covered everything from vampires to demonic possession to hellgate diy furniture shops in your novels and more what inspired you to tackle puppets because puppets are fucking freaky? That's pretty much the answer. Yes. <laughs> ah. 
But his response is, to me, this is less of a killer puppet book and more of a haunted house book. But I totally get that the second killer puppets appear on stage, they pretty much reduce everyone to a gibbering wreck and take over the show. (laughs) The reason I wanted to inflict them on people... Love the phrase. I know. Is that (laughs) ghost stories and haunted house books are about the things we leave behind when we die, both physical and emotional. And I was thinking about that task we're all going to have to do one day. Clean out the house of a dead loved one and deal with all the things they left behind, from their clothes to their collection of Hummel figurines, which, by the way, do you know what a Hummel figurine is? Because those are all so creepy. I have a feeling I do. They're very creepy. Anyway, there's still more. That got me thinking. Yes. Oh, God, the awful. I know. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Nasty. Okay. So that got him thinking about the complicated relationship that people have with inanimate objects, especially our stuffed animals that we loved so much as kids. And from there, it was a short leap to killer puppets. It's not even a leap. It's like a little tornage. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. At at time of recording, I am actually going ghost hunting tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to a jail on the Scottish borders. Mm, I know nothing of its history. I've purposely not looked into it. Very excited. There's probably not any haunted dolls there. Probably not. No creepy fucking puppets. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) Have you seen, uh, it's been on a few of the ghost programs, I can't remember which state it's in, but it's the Clown Motel. Yeah. And it's the motel, like, just the entryway has nearly 3,000 clown puppets and dolls. Just nasty. I want to go there. I kind of do. I don't want to stay there, but I want to go out of, like, this morbid sense of curiosity. Same. Yeah. I can't remember which... It was on um, Destination Fee and I can't remember which asylum or hospital they were staying at, but there was a a doll room and it was just like freaky as. It's it's just uncomfortable. They're just dead staring. In Italy, there's an island of dolls. Yeah. Like this hermit went to, like, went there... And he died there. And there's this whole myth and story about him finding a, a dead body of a child and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's the freakiest ass place. Like, I, I think there's one of those in Japan, too. I think it's like a haunted doll forest or something. Yeah. Why are dolls This so should creepy? tell you something. Dolls are... This should tell you a dolls lot. Dolls are haunted. Dolls are creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that our initial thoughts? I mean, there is that, but can I also throw in this tidbit? There's no angels, thank God. <laughs> oh, which I realise how ironic that statement is, but oh, thank goodness. Yeah. There's no fucking angel yeah. hottie boys. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm so happy. I just, I just want to say that if Grady Hendrix is involved, I'm on board. We've had... Yes. I mean, he's so good. He doesn't write a bad book. No, he does not. 
horror store was fantastic. Our Christmas short story was one of my favorite stories ever. This is the Vampire Club. I've read that one. I haven't read that one. I really enjoyed that one. Um, There was a few, I mean, we're not talking about, but there was a few bits and pieces in it that quite surprised me in terms of, like, characterizations. It's actually probably one of my least favourites of the Grady Hendrix, but still, it's a four star, you know? Well, and also, My Best Friend's Exorcism. We really, really, really liked that one. You know, that's one of my favourite episodes. Yeah! I really enjoyed that episode. Like, it it just wasn't what going in I expected one thing, and it just flipped on its head, yeah. and it was just, it was a delightful episode. If you've not listened to that episode, please, I encourage go you to back go and back and listen to that one. And listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Go back and listen to all of our Grady Hendrix episodes. God, horror store so God, I know. But now we're talking about so this one. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm ready. Pumpkin here. When Louise found out she was pregnant, she worried about telling her parents. She was 34 and unmarried and lived across the country from her family, but she called and blurted it out, and then her parents immediately came to visit. Louise didn't move across the country and stay to be away from her parents and her brother, Mark. She went to college and got a job. Louise hoped that once she had a child, she and her mother would get along again because their relationship isn't stellar. They would share something that only they could, and her lousy fucking brother couldn't get in the middle of it. Her mother would make a great grandmother. She was fun and had a puppet ministry and was always on. Louise and her daughter had five years with Louise's mother. Poppy insists on reading the book Granny sent her in the mail. The Velveteen Rabbit. Louise absolutely hates that book about how inanimate objects can come to life, but her mother insisted it was her favourite and read it to her every single night when she was a kid. As Louise is trying to convince Poppy to read a library book instead, Mark calls and tells Louise that their parents died in a car accident. Surely he's drunk and mistaken? Louise calls her great-aunt Honey to confirm and finds out it's true. Then she calls her parents' answering machine, hoping they'll call her back. Mm. How creepy would it be if they did, oh, though? <laughs> Louise tells Poppy, pretty bluntly, for a five-year-old, that her grandparents are dead and leaves her with Ian, Poppy's dad, while she flies across the country to take care of her parents' things and have a funeral. She hasn't heard from Mark since he told her about the accident, which is annoying, but not at all surprising. After checking into her hotel, Louise goes to her old house. Before it was her parents' house, it was her grandparents, and now it looks more worn down than she was expecting. As she goes inside through the garage and into the kitchen, she hears someone speaking inside. Is it Mark? No. It's the TV. And all the dolls inside are watching it. Ooh. It begins already. Ooh. I mean, I've heard about leaving your TV on for your pets, but no. No. I would nope out of there. <laughs> Louise instead turns the TV off and looks around the house. She sees a hammer in the living room and her dad's cane propped against the wall. That doesn't make 
any sense. He wouldn't have left the house without the cane and the hammer. It's just plain weird. And she continues to explore, walking past all her mother's dolls. Plural dolls. So many dolls. Including the Mark and Louise dolls, who appear to be holding the TV remote in her father's chair. She notices that the way into the attic is boarded up. How did things get so bad in the house? Were there raccoons or squirrels or something? And not the taxidermied ones like her mother did. <laughs> As Louise continues to explore, the TV comes back on in the living room. Nope. Here's your second opportunity to nope out of there. Nope. Nope. After turning off the TV again, and then again another time, Louise panics, but not so where the dolls can see unplugs the TV, and then decides to take the Mark and Louise dolls out to the garage. She shoves them on a shelf, but then they start vibrating. Louise hears a truck pull up outside and goes out to investigate. A cleaning company has arrived, called by Mark, who also shows up to clear everything out of the house. Louise is pissed about this, and the fact that Mark has apparently had their parents cremated, even though they have burial plots already. And... That he just seems to want to clear out the house as quickly and as cheaply as possible. Louise sends the cleaners away and then heads to Great Aunt Honey's house. At Aunt Honey's, Louise and her Aunt Gail and cousins Mercy and Constance talk about maybe selling Louise's family home and then bitch about Mark being a dick. Aunt Honey gets mad and calls him and makes him come over. She tells him they're having a funeral in the church and a reception afterward like a normal family. And again, obviously, he's a dick. But then Louise tells him he should plan the service. He did spend way more time with their parents than she did after all. After declining the pity task, he changes his mind and agrees and Louise decides to leave. Her cousin follows her out and they talk about selling the house some more and about how weird her family is. They're not weird. <laughs> what? Shut up. What? Weird. Oh my God. Your face is weird. Oh, uh. your face. Oh. Uh, your ma's weird. Uh, uh, oh, my ma's just died. Oh. <laughs> so maybe actually they are a little weird. Lisa's, just a Lisa's dad was normal. He was pretty normal. But her mom was a puppet minister and had so many dolls and puppets all over their house. She was always on and performing and the center of attention, but she had to be. When Louise's mom was little, her brother Freddie died, and her mother got rid of all his stuff and pretended that he didn't exist anymore. And then she was shipped off to any relative that would have her. She was always the guest of honor, and that stuck with her. And she remained a star. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little weird. But the house full of dolls and puppets is definitely... Very weird. What's weirder still is that the TV's on again. Yeah. Nope. Could the TV be broken? Nope. Shall we go with that logical nope. answer? Hunt. Nope. 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 Louise decides to go back by the house before going to hotel and sees through the window that the TV is on again. 
and instead of warping out of there, she has to break in this time to turn it off because Mark must have had all the locks on the doors changed because he's a jerk. <sighs> this time, Louise sees Pupkin sitting in her father's chair with the TV remote. Louise hates Pupkin and she knows he hates her and Mark too. Pupkin had been with Louise's mom since she was a kid and she clearly loved that puppet more than anything or anyone else. Mark must have done this because he knows how much Pupkin lo- how much Pupkin bothers Louise. She bags Pupkin up and puts him in the trash can in the garage while all the rest of the dolls, including the Mark and Louise ones, Nope. Watch. <laughs> Louise goes back to her hotel and calls Poppy and Ian. But Poppy is still pretty sad and messed up about the way Louise explained death to her. Yeah, that's not going to be None good. None of this is good. None of it. No, it's all bad. Except for the funeral that Mark planned. It was actually pretty perfect for their parents. Everyone attends wearing puppets and fascinators and spinning bow ties and bright colors. (laughs) Instead of singing hymns, they play kazoos. And everyone tells stories about and with puppets. Mark ends the fun roll by singing the Rainbow Connection. <laughs> this makes Louise remember their childhood. They didn't have much money, and their mom only had Pupkin to entertain them. One day, she used Pupkin to tell Bible stories at church. Then she became the children's minister, and then people started hiring her to perform with Pupkin. So she made other puppets and became puppet ministry famous. And now she's had the most outrageous funeral ever, and it was perfect. Except for the fact that Louise didn't say anything for or about her parents at all. At the reception afterward, everyone tells Louise how fun her mother was and how smart her father was, and she just sits and listens. Ian texts that Poppy is regressing and wet the bed, and that his mom knows a child psychologist, but Louise doesn't think that's necessary. As she's about to respond, Constance tells her that Mark is hounding Brody, her husband, the lawyer, about going over their parents' wills. <sighs> this is not the time, nor the place. Louise knows that her father left everything to her, so Mark is going to be really pissed. But it turns out that their mother left everything to Mark. And technically, she died after the father saw her will stand. Mark does an actual dance and starts talking about money, completely leaving Louise out of everything. And she was going to split everything with him. But he is not going to do that at all. Because, as we have already established... He's a dick. He's a dick. Louise leaves, upset, but not before Brody gives her an envelope from her mother. The letter inside explains that Louise can get by on her own. She always has. But that Mark, well, can't. So he gets everything except for her art collection. Mark couldn't do anything well, except for perform, but he even messed that up. When Louise graduated high school early and went to college on scholarship, he got mad. He couldn't get a scholarship and pouted until their dad paid for him to go, only for him to drop out. 
Louise is furious because her brother is so pathetic, but now she has something he doesn't. This weird fucking art collection, and she's going to use it. Louise plans to take so long going through all their mom's old art that Mark will get pissed and decide to give her half of everything just so she'll leave. It's incredible levels of petty. Oh, so petty. He figures this out and doubles down on his stubbornness and so Louise digs in too. They're so petty. They're, They're so, so petty. Ah, oh, so terrible. Petty. Oh. It's horrible. Oh. As Louise begins to look through the artwork in the garage and toss stuff like the terrifying beyond all reason squirrel nativity. <laughs> Ugh, taxidermy animals mm. are gross. She notices that Pupkin isn't in the trash can anymore. Mark probably found him and is going to use him to play a prank on her later. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're going to believe. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's all Louise goes through the house and into her parents' bedroom. She suddenly gets so sad thinking about them and all her mother's puppets and dolls that she lies on the bed to rest. When she wakes, so cozy and warm, she looks at the foot of the bed to see a squirrel from the nativity scene looking at her with its stitched up eyes. No. She feels the snuggly pillow around her neck and realizes it's another squirrel from the nativity scene. No. Squirrel Mary and Squirrel Joseph and Squirrel Baby Jesus running around somewhere, too. All of them. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. I would dive out the window. Oh, but then guess what? They attack. Oh, no. One of the squirrels burrows into her shirt and starts making its way down her pants. Excuse me? No. Dinner no. first. No. Oh, she yanks it out and stomps it, then bashes the others with a badminton racket. <laughs> badminton rackets hurt really badly. I took one to the forehead and I had to go and get a brain scan. <laughs> Is that what's wrong with you? Possibly. It's one it's definitely one of the traumas. <laughs> <laughs> Louise goes to her bedroom after this freak attack and grabs the only thing she wants to keep from the house, her old stuffed animal friends. She's going to give in and let Mark do whatever the hell he wants as she heads out to her car, finally noping out. Mark tells her she can't have the toys because they belong to him. Oh god, he's such a dick. <sighs> she ends up putting them back inside and stops by the trash can again. The squirrel activity is in there, just like before. So it must have been real squirrels that attacked her. It must have been. And that must be why the attic is boarded up. It's got to be. Sure. Squirrel Mary's skull definitely looks a bit smashed in, though. It's curious. Louise leaves. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> At the hotel, she takes a shower and a nap. When she wakes, she sees she's had a ton of missed calls and texts from Ian, Mercy, Brody, and Mark. She calls Ian and asks to speak to Poppy and tells her daughter that she's coming home the next day. But then there's a bang on her window. Mark is outside. He tells her he'll split the house with her, but she's got to help him do all the important business stuff because he's too fucking stupid to do it on his own. 
Apparently, he called Mercy, who's a real estate agent, and Brody, and they said they wouldn't help him sell the house unless he split it with Louise. She calls Ian back and says that plans have changed and she's going to stay another week, just like she had originally planned. At the house the next day, Louise and Mark start cleaning, preparing for Mercy to come and appraise it for sale. Mark flips about throwing all the dolls and puppets away and Louise flips up being surrounded by them. They decide to cover up the Mark and Louise dolls with a blanket because they're creepy as fuck (laughs) and then bag up the rest and put them in the garage. But then they don't want to go back inside because, you know, they're both creeped out. should tell you a lot. Louise decides to clean the kitchen mostly because there aren't any dolls in there. But wait. But wait. Is that one down the sick train? No. Mm-mm. Oh no. She reaches inside to get the doll out, and uh, as she does, the garbage disposal comes oh, on. Oh, Fucking yikes! Oh, no! 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 Oh, she so nearly lost a hand. Oh. What is it with Grady Hendrix taking people's digits? I don't know. Oh. Oh, I love it though. It's so good. <laughs> it's horrible. It's great. Okay. So it's just Mark who turned the power back on. But still, she almost lost her hand. Oh. Fucking yikes. Like. Mercy arrives later that afternoon, and she and Louise walk through the house while Mark stays outside, fixing the window Louise broke earlier to get inside, and or he's hiding outside because he's scared of being inside because we all know something creepy is going on with the puppets and dolls. Speaking of... <laughs> The Mark and Louise dolls are no longer under the blanket that they were under earlier. Instead, Mercy and Louise find them standing in the master bathroom staring at them. Nope. Nope. No thank you. Nope. As they walk through the house, they hear footsteps above them in the attic. And then they hear knocking coming from the bathroom vanity. Well, Mercy hears knocking. Louise also hears a tiny voice saying, Let me out. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Nuh-uh. Nope. At this point, arson is an option. (gasps) Just in. Mercy says the house still needs work. A lot of work. But they'll definitely be able to sell it, so that's alright. The giant backyard is nice, even though there's an unfinished deck back there, and they will definitely need to figure out what's going on in the attic and with the vanity. Mercy decides she's not going to be the one to sell it for them because the house has some seriously bad vibes, and she definitely noticed how Louise reacted to the creepy fucking dolls. (laughs) She says they need to have the house cleansed or blessed because it's obviously haunted or something, and she knows just the person to do it. Her mom! See, it's not what you know, it's who you know. She's super churchy and has done this before lots of times. Mark hopes to see their parents again, but all Louise wants is to go back home to her daughter. After Mercy leaves, Louise and Mark fight about the house being haunted. The house being haunted by their parents selling the house and not selling the house. Mark doesn't want to sell anymore because he believes their parents' spirits are still there and he doesn't want to banish them. Louise 
doesn't believe the house is haunted by their parents or anyone else. Yes, yes, she does, stupid scary dolls. And she wants to sell so she'll have money for Poppy's future. She convinces Mark to have their favorite traditional family dinner of pizza Chinese and to politely ask their parents to depart from this plane of existence. After their meal and a little bit more fighting, and Louise not being able to talk to Poppy because she's regressing and wetting the bed and disappointed because Louise lied to her, Mark finally asks Louise a very important question. Why did you try to kill me when we were kids? What? <laughs> Whoa. She didn't. Pupkin did. <gasps> but... Can she say that out loud? <sighs> well, when Louise and Mark were little, Mark, just a toddler, they were inseparable. But soon Louise began to play with Pupkin, and Pupkin didn't like Mark very much. Pupkin told Louise to push Mark down or do other mean things to him. He already made her be mean to her other stuffed animal friends. Now Mark is here and Pumpkin doesn't like it. One day, around Christmas time, their family went to a neighbour's house. They got lovely presents and then they showed Louise and Mark the backyard, which had been transformed into a winter wonderland. Mm. Ah. Louise, Pumpkin and Mark went out to explore, but Pumpkin knew there was a pond farther into the backyard. Pumpkin told Louise to trick Mark into playing Olympic ice skater. And she did. She convinced her brother to step out onto the ice and he fell into the icy pond below while Louise and Pumpkin went back inside for hot chocolate. Mm. Lovely. Mm. Luckily for Mark, everyone realised he was missing almost immediately, so he was rescued and fine and forgot all about it until he was 14. Louise buried Pumpkin in the backyard after that. Pumpkin never forgot Either of those events. Oh. <laughs> nope. Nope. Louise denies Mark's entire story, even though she definitely knows it's true deep down. But how? How can a puppet make her do those things? Mark is pretty pissed that Louise is still denying trying to murder him, so he stomps off to the bathroom, then screams. Louise comes running to find the Mark and Louise dolls standing in the bathroom with a note scrawled in lipstick on the mirror. Mark, come home. Louise definitely thinks that Mark wrote that message himself. They argue some more and Mark says he's leaving because he doesn't want to spend the night in a haunted house and says Louise shouldn't either. Louise decides to stay. Mark was right. <laughs> no. Louise has a terrible nightmare involving Poppy wearing pumpkin and all their food turning into maggots and worms. And when she wakes up, she realises the door to her room is open, even though she definitely remembers closing it. She reaches for her phone and something grabs her. It's 
Pupkin. No. 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 She buried Pupkin when she was a kid, but here he is now, and he's full of hatred. (laughs) She flings him across the room, and then he climbs up the bed. Nope. Louise runs and falls over a chair that Pupkin left out to trip nope. her. Then he's on her, climbing up to her face with a needle in his hand and stabs it into her nope. eye. She flails and pulls the needle out, then runs from Pupkin and hides in the closet. Pupkin thuds into the door shortly after she closes it, and then there are gunshots. Nope. Louise opens the closet to see puffs of pumpkin fluff falling to the ground and Mark holding a gun. Thank goodness. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) Fucking yikes. Nope. Louise rushes outside into Mark's truck and he jumps in and starts it up. Louise wants to go to the hospital, but as they drive, she makes Mark pull over so she can vomit up her pizza Chinese. They pause for a moment, and Mark looks at her eye. It's only a little bloody, and he says people get injections in their eyes all the time, so she'll probably be fine. She can, you know, still see, so that's good. Mark decides that instead of going to the hospital, they're going to Waffle House. Yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> and a mandarin clutch. Yes! Everything we ever hoped for. Horror and Waffle House. Know, yes. It's perfect. <laughs> oh. Waffle House, please give us money. We love you so much. Yes! We love you so With much. With all my heart. <laughs> I I I adore Waffle House. I need do Waffle House do T-shirts. I need a Waffle House yes. T-shirt. I I need to buy all the Waffle House merch. Yeah. Like full on, stand outside of a Waffle House with the cap and the T-shirt and the flag. Yes. And look like an absolute redneck. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle House fangirl. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, while they're in. The fantastic holy place that is Waffle House. Louise nearly has a breakdown, which, you know, given the events that just happened is completely understandable. But she believes she's inherited a mental illness from her mother that is making her believe Pumpkin is real. Mark disagrees because that fucking puppet stabbed his sister in the eyeball and was trying to break the closet door down and he shot it with a gun. (laughs) I'm kind of on Mark's side. Louise believe it's shared psychosis then. Oh, fucking no. 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 Murphy's Law. It's the Velveteen Rabbit. (laughs) Their mother put so much love and attention into Pupkin and the other dolls too that they became real. And now she's dead. So who is going to tell Pupkin and the others that they're not real anymore? And are they going to believe it? (laughs) Nope. No. (laughs) Not a freaking chance in this world. Louise still struggles with this, so Mark decides to tell her why he dropped out of college. It's because he joined a radical puppet collective. (laughs) Didn't expect that one, did you? (laughs) Oh, So I feel like I just want to add in right here that the audiobook narrator changes and this next little bit is from Mark's perspective and I thought that was really cool. Oh, it was excellent. 
Shortly after starting school for theater, Mark found a group of puppeteers who did a really weird street performance and fell in love. He joined them immediately and decided that he wanted to be a street performer and not finish school, so he stopped going to classes and spent all his time with Clark, Sadie, and Richard. Things get real weird real quick with this group, and when Mark asks his mom to ship Pupkin to him, things get worse. Ooh. Clark puts Pupkin on and never takes him off. Then they decide to make pupkin masks, and they all wear them all the time. They start waking up covered in shit and eating pets and all kinds of terrible things. When Mark realises they're eating dogs and cats, he manages to escape and sets the house where they were all staying on fire, regardless of the fact that his friends are still inside. He hitchhikes to a bus station and gets a ride back to campus. After a few days of not leaving his dorm room, his mom shows up, but she won't take them home without Pumpkin. They drive to Clark's house and Mark asks him for Pumpkin back. He also asks about their friends. Clark drops Pumpkin on the porch without saying a word and turns away. Fucking yikes. What the hell, man? What the hell? After this story... Louise feels completely differently about Mark. <laughs> she always thought that he was a dropout screw-up. But no, he was traumatized by the same fucking puppet that traumatized her when she was a kid. But then they realize that their mother knew about Pupkin, and she gave him to them and didn't do or say anything anything when obviously Pupkin was doing terrible things. After that realization comes another. When their dad injured his leg catching a frisbee and their mom had to start taking care of him, she stopped paying attention to Pupkin. Their mom had had Pumpkin for nearly her entire life and all of a sudden she's caring for someone else instead of Pupkin. So what does he do? Attacks their dad with a hammer. <gasps> their mom must have freaked out big time when that happened, which probably caused the car accident that they had. Their parents are dead because of Pupkin. What an asshole. Fucking yikes. <laughs> Louise and Mark bond a little after this and then decide what to do with the house. They want to just burn it and all the dolls and puppets and the shot to hell pumpkin. But Louise said Mercy said it would sell easily to a family. They're going to have to go back inside. Pumpkin isn't where they left him. They follow a trail of tatters to find Pumpkin in the attic in a little bedroom their mother must have made for him. That must be why it was boarded up as they are planning to B-U-R-N-P-U-P-K on the G-R-I-L-L. Mark breaks down. He says he doesn't want to put Pupkin on because he'll hurt Louise. And then he gets even worse. He says Spider is there. Spider is Mark's imaginary dog he had when they were kids. And he's pretty upset that Mark forgot all about him. Oh. 
he attacks. Fuck. Oop. Louise runs from Spider and falls down the attic stairs, but he latches onto her ankle and drags her down the hall. She tries to kick herself free, but then Spider lets go and whimpers. Mark appears wearing Pupkin on his hand. Pupkin begins to sing and laugh and play, while Mark follows along like a zombie. Then, Pupkin picks up a hammer and bashes Louise's skull. <laughs> it's fun! Pupkin terrorizes Louise with the hammer, hitting her in the face and the kidneys, and then Mark comes to a little and decides they should cut off his hand with a saw. After the gruesome sawing, they throw Pupkin in the trash and head to the hospital. After lots of explaining to police and paramedics and doctors and nurses and lots and lots of lies, Mark is out of surgery. Louise asks why he put Pupkin on and he says he did because Pupkin was going to let Spider eat her if he didn't. Then he sends her home to burn Pupkin. She lights up the grill, grabs Pupkin from the trash with some tongs and tosses him on. He screams inside her head, screams for her mother to save him, but then his screams die out. And afterward, the house feels empty inside. Oh. Oh, is this good? This is good? We're all good? Yeah. yeah. Is that the end? <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 Have you read a Grady <laughs> Hendrix book? <laughs> This is Grady Hendrix light so far. Louise goes back to the hospital to get Mark, and he expects her to apologize for cutting off his hand and is very shitty about the whole thing. But, you know, uh, he lost his hand, so it's to be expected. Just a little bit. They go home, and Mark falls into a depression. They decide not to sell the house right now, which Mercy and Constance find questionable. Just like Louise's, I fell off the shelves that fell on me and distracted Mark, so he cut off his hand story that they've concocted. Whatever. Louise doesn't care about anything anymore, only that Pupkin is gone and she can go home to Poppy. When she finally gets back to her apartment, she passes Ian and is greeted by a high-pitched sing-song voice coming from the Pupkin puppet on Poppy's arm. What? No. No. How did he do? Pupkin here. Hello. I'm Pupkin. Louise, understandably, freaks the air out. <laughs> she literally pees her pants and tries to rip Pupkin off Poppy's arm. Louise explains to Ian that she didn't want Poppy to know that puppet of her mother's because Mark had it when he was a kid and it made him do terrible things. Also, you know, she had it and tried to kill her brother. And also, yeah, I'm so hammer face thing, but <laughs> don't talk about that right now. <laughs> but apparently, Poppy had a clear vision when making this puppet with his mother. Louise knows she has to get rid of it no matter what. Ian stops Louise, but she's determined to not let Pupkin stay. After Ian leaves, Louise plans to throw the puppet into her blender and destroy it. She sneaks into a sleeping Poppy's bedroom, but as Louise pushes the puppet, it waves at her. No. So she sneaks back out. 
determined to come up with another plan. <laughs> Do not like. The next morning, Louise wakes to the smoke alarm going off and finds Pupkin and Poppy in the kitchen making a huge, fiery mess. Oh, it's like Mother's Day. Louise yanks Pupkin off Poppy's hand, but then Poppy bites Louise so hard that she drops Pupkin, and Poppy quickly retrieves him. What is Louise going to do? She decides to call Mark for help and explains what's going on, but he says he needs time to think. After Poppy screams for hours, and then later Louise finds Pupkin stabbing Poppy in the arm with a knife, she calls Mark again. Mark suggests they come back home and go see their Aunt Gail. Mercy did say she had experience with cleansing houses of demons. So... I mean, I can think of a solution that involves getting rid of Pupkin, but... It would also mean getting rid of pop. I mean, just walk out of the fiery kitchen. Just back yeah, out. Some legality. Just back out. Just back out of the kitchen. Just like Homer Simpson going <laughs> into the, the bushes. Nope. Yep. Louise tries again to get Pupkin off Poppy, but when he stares terrifyingly at her while Poppy sleeps, Louise gets an idea. She talks to him. Louise asks Pupkin who he is, what he is what he wants he wants nancy louise and mark's mother he doesn't understand when louise tells pupkin she's dead and she doesn't dare tell him she's dead because of him she tries again and says that nancy is gone and and he now needs to be gone too but you know what (laughs) nope that did not work he's a stubborn little bastard louise pupkin and poppy get on a plane after Louise explains to Pupkin that they're going to see Nancy. Pupkin is only slightly less than horrifying on the flight, but they finally arrive at the airport and Mark picks them up. He's not so great at driving one-handed, and with Pupkin being a menace, the drive is awful. Instead of going to see Aunt Gail, Mark tells Louise that they have to go to the hospital to see Aunt Honey, but Aunt Gail will probably be there too. Great Aunt Honey is Aunt Gail's mom, after all. Aunt Honey is asleep when they get to the hospital, so Louise speaks with Aunt Gail while Mark watches Pupkin and Poppy. The whole you won't get to see Nancy thing seems to be working to on Pupkin. Like for now. <sighs> Louise tells Aunt Gail literally everything about Pupkin and says that her parents' house is haunted and she needs help. Aunt Gail doesn't even blink. She just makes a plan to send the demons back to the hell where they belong. She says they have to go see her friend and fellow demon slayer, Bob. Mercy, Constance, Mark, Poppy, Pupkin and Aunt Gail head off. Barb's home is full of tons of creepy dolls, but she assures everyone that she keeps the cursed ones in a locked storage unit, and the ones inside are just fine. It's all good. (laughs) She tells Louise that Pupkin isn't possessed by a demon, because demons can't possess inanimate objects, but that he is cursed. They plan to break the curse on Pupkin, find out which demon placed the curse, and then they'll banish him. Gail begins the arduous process of figuring out who the demon is. Beelzebub? 
Leviathan? Suddenly, dolls start toppling to the floor. Belphegor? Moloch? Andros? <gasps> More dolls topple and pelt the group as she tries to name the demon, but then Barb takes over. Barb gives Pupkin chocolate and asks him questions about why he would hurt Nancy and Nancy's husband and Mark and Louise. Well, it's all because Nancy stopped paying attention to him. Barb offers more chocolate, and then she asks Pupkin if he had a name before he was called Pupkin. He says his name was Freddy, and that he's five years old. Freddy? Uh, that's Nancy's kid brother who died when he was five. Oh, fuck. Pupkin is demon-possessed. He's haunted! Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Louise immediately goes to see Aunt Honey in the hospital to find out what the actual fuck happened to Freddy when he died because she's the only person who is still alive who knows the truth of it. The story is that Freddy stepped on a rusty nail at a hotel swimming pool, got lockjaw, and died. That's not how that works. <laughs> and it's also not the truth. After much arguing, Aunt Honey finally tells them how Freddy actually died. They were at a hotel swimming pool. That part was true. Nancy and Freddy's parents were inside and left seven-year-old Nancy to watch five-year-old Freddy. Instead of watching her brother, Nancy walked over to an ice cream parlor, and while she was gone, Freddy drowned. Instead of telling Nancy that it's all her fault that Freddy died, not completely the truth, but you know, whatever, they made up the story about the nail. Nancy's parents couldn't bear to see her anymore, so they shipped her off with her only tie to her brother, Pupkin, to other family members instead of loving her, their only remaining child. If that's not bad enough, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, rather than burying Freddy in their family plot at the cemetery, they buried him in the backyard of their house. The house that became Nancy's house. The house that Mark and Louise are now trying to sell. Freddy's house. Pupkin's house. Now, that's where they have to go. <laughs> On the drive to the house, Mark quietly lets Louise know that Spider is in the bed of the truck. Yeah, that's worrisome. But then Pupkin tries to throw Poppy from the moving vehicle. Somehow, Louise is able to catch her the first time. As Louise holds her daughter, she and Mark try to figure out where Freddy could be buried in their giant backyard. Mark gets frustrated and then Louise thinks of asking Pupkin. And she's going to do that by playing hot and cold. Louise teaches Pupkin how to play and just as things seem to be going to plan, Pupkin throws Poppy from the driver's side door. Pupkin makes Poppy, who is little more than a zombie at this point, run into the middle of the road. Louise is able to catch up without getting hit by oncoming traffic and hold her daughter until Mark manoeuvres over to them. Wow. 
Thanks. When they get to the house, Pupkin takes off down the dark hallway, and as Mark and Louise begin to look for him, he begins a demented game of hot and cold, and all the dolls are back staring at them. Mm -mm. They find Pupkin, and Louise tries to convince him that it's time for Freddy to go home now, to be with his mom and dad and sister, but Pupkin refuses. Then a swarm of puppets attack. Louise and Mark manage to lock themselves in the bathroom, but it's the same bathroom with the Mark and Louise dolls, and they come for them. Mark and Louise panic trying to figure out where Freddy could be buried. And then Mark remembers that every time Pupkin told stories of his imaginary home, he always mentioned a cypress tree. And there's a cypress tree in the backyard. Louise bashes the Louise doll through the bathroom window and climbs out, heading to the tree. Louise grabs a shovel and digs around the bottom of the tree, but before she can make any progress, Mark comes out of the house, followed by all the puppets who have joined together in a giant puppet golem. <laughs> Pupkin comes out of the house too and directs the golem to attack Louise. She tries to dig faster, but it's no use. The golem makes it to her. Then all of a sudden, Mark whistles and spider leaps at the golem, tearing puppets off left and right. Spider takes down the massive puppets while Louise digs. <gasps> then she gets Spider to help. <gasps> they dig until they find a trunk, and Louise pulls it from the shallow grave, carrying it to Pupkin. Way to go, Spider! Yay! Yay! Good dog. Louise opens the trunk to reveal the skeleton of a small boy. It's Freddy. She tells Pupkin, Freddy, that it is time for him to go home. Pupkin says he's scared, so Louise pulls Poppy and Pupkin into her lap, slides Pupkin off her daughter's hand and onto her own. Then, she's transported to Pupkin's magical world. She sees Freddy, a little boy in a red sweater, with Pupkin on his arm. She tells him it's time for him to go on another adventure to find his mom, dad, and sister. It's time for him to go home. As he leaves, Louise tells Freddy to tell his sister, her mom, thank you for everything. Do we mean that, though? <laughs> some time passes and everything goes back to normal they have a funeral for freddy and poppy plays like a normal kid with her cousins while everyone chats in the cemetery louise apologizes to aunt honey who pretends she has no idea what louise is talking about and promptly changes the subject mark comes over and tells louise that they might have a buyer for the house someone who doesn't care that there was a child corpse buried in the backyard yay he takes louise and poppy to see the house and all the renovations he and mercy did to it it really doesn't seem like the house they grew up in at all more time passes and sometimes louise has dreams that her parents aren't dead and none of the terrible stuff with pumpkin happened at all but then she remembers, and the only person she can call, the only person she can talk to who will understand, is her brother. Oh. Oh. 
Well, I'm going to nope out because dang, too many horrible things for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Everyone take a little bit of a break. Nope out. Nope out. Nope out for 30 seconds. Have you ever read a book and thought, wow, I would love to see this on the screen? Well, the Adapting Podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Emily Malik, host of the Adapting Podcast, and with a guest every episode, we take a look at books that have never been adapted, why that's so, and how we would go about translating it to a different medium. We talk about any novel from the serious to the downright silly, as long as it hasn't had an adaptation. So come and take a listen to the Adapting Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Standout moments? Damn. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, instant thought. We should have done this in October for our nope theme. God, we should have. Fucking nope. We'll just have to do another Grady Hand. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's perfect. I wish we could, like, talk to him. But you know what? We've never tried. Never, never even asked. Let's try. I think we should try. It will probably go much better than we ever think it will. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Manifesting. 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 I... Do you know what? Uh, I started... Putting thoughts into order. Okay, so... Greedy Hendrix doesn't do bad books for me. You know, the, you know, I've got my favourites, I've got my least favourites, you know, they're in order, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But he, he always delivers. Yes. And he has a certain, like, style. Starts off very, very normal, and then the little disquieting things creep in, and then full-on horror. Yeah. And I like that style. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. that. But I was talking to someone, or I can't remember the context, but they were reading how to sell a haunted house and they seemed really disappointed with it and that it wasn't the usual Grady Hendrix kind of like thrill horror psychological you know did the soul they were telling me about it like sell it trying to sell it to me as nothing like a Grady Hendrix book so I was I wanted to read it and I was excited to read it and I was, regardless of another person's opinion, I will read a book or not sure. on, on my own yeah. decision. Apart from if it's something that you want to read, then I'll read it because um, there's always a caveat. So when I started reading it, I was like, oh God, is this going to be like, instead of kind of like a creepy book, is this going to be just commentary on death and loss and, you know, the memories involved in clearing out somebody's house? Is it going to be like, a not a horror? at all and I was really worried that's what it was going to be oh hell no this person must have had the wrong book in the cell haunted house does cover because it was nothing absolutely nothing how they described and I really enjoyed it yeah for all the fact I didn't like Louise and Mark at all nope hated them hated both of them fuck them both (laughs) stab them in the eye with a needle cut off their hand yeah chop off all their limbs nope did not like care for those two Mm-mm. characters. Didn't care at all what happened to Mm-mm. them. I really enjoyed this. Because, like we talked about earlier, dolls are fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know I love a good spooky book. 
throw, throw, if it's going to have ghosts in it, you know I'll... Yeah. I, 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 I eat that shit. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was so shocked after reading it how absolutely completely opposite it was to what this person said it's a it's a it's a full grady hendrix fest yeah so good horrific funny disturbing full of yikes yeah in a waffle house yeah there's there's a waffle house there's a waffle house you know we're instantly gonna be like yes yeah, that's. I just wanted to kind of say that first because, like, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I think Pumpkin. that I was amazing. I like this one better than my best friend's exorcism. But horror store is still number one, or the Christmas horror story. Store is such a high. It's so. It's a benchmark that's going to be very difficult to yeah. ever. Yeah. To ever beat. It's, this is so different, like, to my best friend's exorcism. Yeah. But I yeah. loved, I loved that there were, like, two tiny little throwbacks to my best friend's exorcism in this one. Like, it was just a throwaway comment, like, oh, do you remember, like, that time that those girls got kidnapped? And that's what they're talking about. And... Yeah. Then when they're trying to cast out the demons, they try to name it Andros. And that's, you know, that's the demon from my best friend's exorcism. So I just, I loved it. Yeah. I think they're on par. I think this is on par with me. Yeah. Because the two very different books. This is, you know, a brother and sister fighting. Yeah. This awful creation. And the other one's a friend's best. Yeah fighting demonic forces so they are very different but i think they're probably on par yeah that's fine i love all of them i just yes this one and the audiobook for this one was fantastic like i briefly briefly mentioned it while we were going over the summary that like when it switches to learning what happened to mark the narrator changes and I just, I thought that was brilliant. I was waiting for that narration change to take place because of the introduction and it introduces yeah, the narration Yeah, it introduces two, two people, like Michaela and, and Jay, I don't know how to say their last name, Asang or whatever it is. Like, oh, there's two? Wait, where's, wait, where's the other one? Oh, don't worry. Oh. <laughs> Mark's entire college story. What the frig, man? Honestly, that was I know. brilliant. Yes, so like, good. A radical puppet collective. Yes. And so much more stuff happened in the radical puppet collective than what we included in the summary. Like, yeah. they make all of these creepy, huge, like, they make a giant eight-foot-tall death puppet, and they go to perform for a school that's like third graders and they're like explaining you know the troubles with war and then all the children get up on stage and die and it's terrible 
it's disturbing it is amazing yes amazing chapter yes it really is and it's told in the waffle house yes while the the waitress waitress is there like going (laughs) i think you guys need to talk to the minister who comes in every morning at four (laughs) she's gonna be here soon (laughs) do you want more coffee yeah can i read your coffee Yeah, I loved it. I loved the audio. I loved Pupkin's voice. Hi, I'm Pupkin. I loved it. Pupkin here. Hi. How did you do? But will you just, will you just like murder? Yeah, yeah, someone for me, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murder. Burn the house down. (laughs) But he doesn't. He doesn't ever say anything like that. He's just the only things he ever says is. Let's go pumpkin play here. on the ice. Pumpkin yeah, here, pumpkin here. Be great. I want to go fly out the door. Let's go for fun. Yay. So creepy. Love him. I will say the first time I heard Pumpkin's voice, I was like, what? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. No. Mm, no. I do not appreciate no. it. I do appreciate it. I love it. But no. No. Mm-mm. I really enjoyed the attack squirrel. Oh my <laughs> the gosh. Yes. As soon as the came on and she was like, oh, my mother went through a taxidermy phase and she went to one class and made a nativity Joseph, Mary and baby Jesus out of these squirrels. And it's an ancient taxidermy that hasn't been looked after. So it's just in a horrible Ugh. state of disrepair and it freaking attacks her and it's the one that's on her stomach and starts going down to her pants and i'm like hello a torture they used to do was to put cage hungry rats on yes. your stomach to bury through this is going to happen with those squirrels and also excuse me do not be going down my my pants without at least three dates and dinner yeah uh-uh no way so freaking rude of that squirrel but yeah I'm sorry, love, but you can only delude yourself so much. No, that did that did bother there. me a little bit. That did bother me. Like, come fucking on, Louise. You know that Pupkin is bonkers. You know this. You know this. You know that he tried to convince you to kill your brother. And you just, just come into the house and... There's all these like asides where she's like, oh, the, the, they're sitting there watching TV. Like, they're they're mad at us right now. Like, yeah, the, all of them, all of them are alive, and they all want to kill you. And you know this. Why are you it's, it's, saying that it's not true? Why are you saying this is a shared psychosis? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, it's evil Toy Story is what it is. It's just. <sighs> Yeah. Mm mm. No. Can I, the most one of the most cringe things for me was Poppy's reaction to the concept of death. I did not like it. No. No. Um, kids are fascinated by death. Yeah. And kids are resilient. Kids are massively resilient. I, okay, so the reason I don't like it, I think, is 
my own childhood trauma or whatever you want to call it, memories. My dad died when I was five. But I don't have any memory of being told what death is. Mm. It might have happened. It was years ago. I'm quite sure my mum, who listens to every single episode that we do, will feed back to me when she does get to this. Hi, mum. Um, <laughs> She's going to be like, I told you exactly what happened. And then you started wetting the bed again. And then you made a creepy puppet. And you've well, blocked it yeah. out. I will say, I will say this. Thank you, ma'am, for never making creepy fucking puppets. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you for indulging in my love of plushies and my not liking dolls. I had some Barbies, but, you know, I had hundreds of soft toys. So thank you for that. And thank you for not, like, having any haunted, creepy freaking dolls in the house and puppets. <laughs> But I don't have any recollection of being told what the concept of death is. I knew that my dad was ill and he wasn't coming home again. And I it, it's probably affected me as an adult into my understanding and reaction to somebody passing. Um, which is not in any... No, it's not a weird way or anything like that. Just more of a understanding and acceptance that that's the natural way of life. Yeah. But I certainly didn't start regressing, start bedwetting, or start talking like a baby. And I don't know, it just really annoyed me and really made me cringe. And I, but I do understand that every child is different, and I think Poppy is particularly coddled by Louise despite her saying that she will speak the truth she will tell the truth she will be open to Poppy she will treat her as a little human that she is I still think she coddled her yeah and I certainly think that her dad does as well so I just found Poppy's reaction to to it very very cringe and especially if they're a reader because the amount of children's books that cover the concept of death so well I don't know. I'm just... I mm. I almost wonder if Poppy regressed and started acting like a baby and wetting the bed again because she went from living 24-7 for five years with her mother to staying with her dad? Possibly. So it might not even be the explanation at all, which wasn't a bad explanation. No. It was like their, a very clear cut thing. Yeah, their bodies got hurt very bad, and that's that's the end. They're dead, and they can't recover from it. Yeah, they are dead. It was, yeah, I, I don't know. It might. It's probably just me, and pe- people are welcome to disagree. Sure. I just thought it was cringe. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what scenes I really, really loved? Everything involving pain and horror. Yes. <laughs> that first interaction that we see with Pupkin, you know, actually being alive and being terrifying. Because, like, you see them, you see all the puppets and the dolls, like, you know something's going to happen. But then Louise wakes up in the middle of the night 
And Pupkin grabs her hand and then climbs up on the bed and then fucking stabs her in the eye with a needle. Oh, I do not like eye things. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved it so much. And then I loved when Mark put Pupkin on and then they had to yes. saw his hand off. <laughs> I loved it so much. He's like, just do it. Just do it. And she's like, no, are you sure? Just do it. And then she saws his arm off. And, like, there's a whole description of which bone she's sawing through at the time because she was a Girl Scout and she knows which bones are in the arm. (laughs) Loved it. Oh, it was. I loved loved it. I don't know how she managed that. After the beating she took with the freaking hammer. God, I know, getting bashed in the face multiple times and then in the kidneys too and then in the face again. <laughs> like, I mean, she can barely walk because of Spider attacking her. I enjoy. I loved Spider. Sp- I loved Spider's Spider- attack. I loved the fact no, that... No, he did not attack her. He was rescuing her. He was pulling her away from Pupkin. You cannot tell me otherwise. <gasps> Ooh, I like that. He was pulling her away, trying to drag her to safety. Well, that's it, because Spider is Mark's creation. Yeah. And Mark, as a child, would have been very wary of Pupkin. Yeah. Yeah. The power of imagination. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Spider is MVP. He's my favorite. Spider was amazing. Spider, when starts digging into the ground as well yeah. to find Freddy's With all of his legs? Because everyone, he has yes. six legs, by the way. We He's called Spider. Failed to mention that. It's in the name. I really enjoyed the cousins as well. The cousins were fantastic. They were so ridiculously supportive and like, just, they got stuff done. Yeah. They didn't ask needless, pointless questions. No. They're like, this is the problem, right? Okay, solution is, yeah. let's do yeah. this. Let's get on with it. However, and it's half of my surprise. Aunt Honey annoyed me. Yeah. And I was surprised how I went from actually really liking her, thinking, oh, this is a positive maternal source for Louise in the family. Because obviously our mother wasn't that right. for her at all. Yeah. To actually really resenting her because she's just kept a secret. She knows that something's going on, but she refuses, point blank refuses to talk about yeah. it. So she knew that Freddie was buried there. So she, I, she, she'll have known all about Pupkin because she'll have known Louise Pupkin tried to kill Mark when he was younger. Yeah. I have every, every um, faith that she also knew that Mark went crazy pupkin crazy college yeah i mean how could she 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 would have known about the doll anyway and like you see it show up again and you don't question it exactly she'll have known about it since nancy was child as well yeah well because it was freddie's doll exactly so she knew but she did nothing and that's the other thing as well she was like don't sell the house don't sell, don't sell, you've got to keep it. Got, well, without explanation. Yeah, because there's a freaking body in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, as much as they lie about everything, they could have just said they didn't have the money when Freddie died to bury him in the cemetery. So, yeah, he's buried in the backyard. So you can't sell the house. Honestly, they could have just gone with the fact that her parents couldn't let go. Yeah. Like, the fact that Freddie... Like, Freddie's parents couldn't let go of the fact that Freddie was dead. This is what they did. They know what was wrong. Let's call the authorities to get him exhumed and buried properly. Yeah. Nope. And it's that long ago, I'm sure there would have been a statue of limitations that's gone. Yeah. And it's the fact that it was technically a natural death as well. Yeah. That, you know... Yeah, it wasn't a murder. <sighs> it was an accident. There's just... And everybody's so dead anyway. <laughs> exactly. But there's so many people who are culpable for this end result of like people either we don't know that the college people lived or died i know (laughs) we don't know if there's been any other potential victims i mean the parents pupkin attacked the dad they got into a car and there was an accident it's pupkin's how many, how many, how much blood is on that freaking puppet's hand? So much. On that, on Freddie's hand. So much. For a five-year-old. It's a five-year-old little freaking psychopath ghost. Yeah. Um, okay, you know how you talked about Aunt Honey? You didn't like Aunt Honey. I didn't like Nancy, their mom. Like, no. she 100% knew. If... If Aunt Honey knew yes. what was going on, Nancy 1,000% knew what was going on. And there was a couple of times where Louise is, like, remembering things with her mom, like, sitting in the kitchen, and she's got Pupkin there, and they're having a conversation. Well, yeah, because fucking Pupkin was alive then as well. Yeah. And she didn't say a one thing. To them. Because she was an enabler. Nancy is an enabler. Do you think she realised it was Freddie? I I can't can't imagine her attachment towards Pupkin. Just because it's a childhood toy. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Possessed by a ghost. She must have known it was Freddie and looking after it because it was a dead baby brother. Yeah. Because, I mean, her parents shipped her off to stay with other people because you know they hated her because she murdered her brother on accident i almost you know this... i almost feel like pupkin was a punishment for her like you got to take this doll with you you will always remember what you did you will always remember your brother stepping on a nail getting a lockjaw do you know the way that the the parents neglected Nancy and Freddie on holiday. There's a very famous case in the UK. Um, there's a, uh, there was a, a little girl called Madeleine McGann in Spain who has gone missing um, I think 15 years ago, something crazy like that. They were on holiday in a resort. The parents left Madeline with her siblings in their hotel room while they went out for dinner. And she went missing. 
yeah she'd be about she was only like three or four so it's got to be with 15 years because she'll be close to 20 now it's hugely famous and every year everybody kicks off because uh just as holiday season starts the case gets more money for police to go out to spain to go and investigate it's european police um, are all involved like spanish and german everything and every year there's something about it but the parents have they're going through a lot because obviously they've lost a child but they've never been held responsible for leaving their child their tiny toddler child in a hotel room while they weren't there unsupervised and that's what this reminded me of the fact that they are not holding themselves accountable for leaving a seven-year-old to look after a toddler. You don't do that. No. You don't do that. No. The seven-year-old cannot properly watch a five-year-old. Especially in a place where they are not comfortable, they're not familiar with. You know, if it was at home, if you were at home in your living room and you were like, okay, well, we're going to go into, you know, the backyard for a little while you sit inside and watch your brother that's different than we're at a hotel where somewhere you've never been here's a swimming pool watch your brother Mm-mm. No. no 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 i'm just gonna go and put the washing out in the back garden watch your brother but you have the door open yeah and you never fully leave them alone yeah that's neglect yeah and it's annoying (laughs) and it's it's filtered down from those that many generations and it's left from louise and mark to sort out that's just yeah that's a it's commentary on society as well how the old sorry to the older generations i know I'm, i'm making sweeping statements here the fuck things up and now it's the younger generations are having to sort out all of that mess yes and shit terrible shit happens and you don't talk about it and you don't explain it and you don't process it yeah fucking shit is gonna go down yeah yeah so yeah it's a weird family yeah Do we have anything else to talk about or should we move on to Would You Rather? I feel like we could talk about this book forever. I feel like we could, but I think we've probably... The funeral. I will say about Nancy's funeral. Sounded fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. And also when Louise went home and walks right past Ian, who's being a little rapey almost. He's super creepy. Oh, yeah. But she sees Poppy, and she's got this, like, homemade pumpkin on her hand, and she pisses yeah. herself. That was so good. And then she has to perfect. explain she can't tell Ian the truth. So she's like, oh, I just really had to pee on the plane. So I just accidentally tinkled myself. Like, no! You saw a scary fucking puppet that you just... B-U-R-N-E-D on the G-R-I-L-L. And now it's here on your daughter's hand all the way across the country. Yeah. Also, the mom 
built Pumpkin's bedroom. Oh, yes. And then locked him up there. Of course it's going to piss him off. Yeah. Oh. You'd be pissed off. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Ah, do not like. No. Do not no. like. Okay, now is it time? I will say it annoyed me how harshly Louise judged Mark. She obviously didn't know her brother at all. Right. And I was getting, like, irritated with her. But also, Mark is a complete other yeah. dick as well. Mark was a fucking but asshole. We've already established. They didn't like mm-hmm. either of them. I hated both of them. Do not give one fuck about either one of them. No, I'll stick with the cousins then. Yeah. Give me Aunt Gail. I like Aunt Gail. Aunt Gail. Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I did appreciate when Louise is like, fuck it. I am going to the hospital. I am talking to Aunt Honey. And then she's asleep. So then she talks to Gail and she's like, um... All right, Aunt Gail, here's what's going on. And she explains everything, even, like, cutting off her brother's hand. And Aunt Gail's just like, all right, let's do it. The cousins and Aunt Gail and Spider, best characters. Yes. Done. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Done. Done. Done deal. Okay. We asked... On social media, would you rather be attacked by a haunted puppet or a haunted taxidermied squirrel? <laughs> Such a good options. question. Very good. I did use the actual Annabelle doll in the Would You Rather as You well. know, I kind of wish that we had known the existence of the pumpkin picture because that would have been better. Yes, I agree. Hard agree. But we didn't, so say la vie. Well, on Facebook, 90% are being attacked by a squirrel. On Instagram, 67% are taking the haunted puppet. On Twitter, 75% are taking the haunted puppet. And on TikTok, 59% are battling the haunted taxidermied squirrel. I love it. It's just split all over the place. Apart from Facebook, like, no, decides like a squirrel. Yeah. I love it. Squirrel. We have some very good comments. Yes. Emily on Facebook said, I choose a haunted taxidermy squirrel because it depends on how scary the haunted puppet is. Nightmare fuel, Emily. Yes. Nightmare yes. fuel. Annie on Facebook says, puppets are creepy. Squirrels yep. are scary cute. Squirrels will come after you. Taxidermied me. squirrels with their eyes stitched closed are not cute. <laughs> Colin on Facebook said, Puppets are, well, that's a whole different level of creepy stuff right there. Plus, I'm of the considered belief that all puppets are in some way haunted. I'll go for the taxidermy, please, as they're smaller and can be easily yeeted out of a window. Yeet. Pleasing word. Let's make more use of it. I can imagine he just wanders off. <laughs> Glim Glam Jen on Instagram says, Squirrel, no contest. I don't believe in haunted puppets, but squirrels are obviously real. <laughs> Coral Reef Books Reads on Instagram said, Okay, look how cute that squirrel is and how scary that doll is. 
and then commented on Facebook, Squirrel, nope, on the puppets. They will suck your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly DeVos, author friend on Instagram, says, I'm going with puppet because I would feel kind of bad fighting with the squirrel. And author friend Ashlyn O'Loughlin writes on TikTok, said, Puppet! The squirrel will be too cute for me to fight back. Plus, teeny claws. No thanks. <laughs> oh. We had a very good exchange from the library. We did. We really, really It was did. almost like a floor chart graph. Yes. Yes. So, one person asked... Is the squirrel declawed? If not, then I'm going with the puppet. So, of course, I drew a little line over. Uh, It definitely still has teeth and claws. Sharp, violent teeth and claws. And then the response is, oh, damn. Okay. Uh, In that case, I'm going with squirrel. It's smaller and maybe I can kill it easier. And then someone else, in response to the first question, is the squirrel declawed? Someone says this. Squirrels have sharp as heck teeth, too. I guess I'll go puppet. And then someone else said, attacked by a squirrel. Pupkin the puppet is way creepier. And then I drew a little picture of a little pupkin and said, pupkin here, pupkin here. How do you do? Pupkin here. And now the library is haunted. And now the library is haunted. The library is already haunted, by the way. I have video evidence somewhere that (gasps) I need to try to find of the haunted library. I will try to find that and share it. Oh, where's my EMF reader? Where is my EMF reader? Child's probably stole it again. Don't ghost hunt in your own home. No, don't do it. So what are you doing? Are you fighting Pumpkin or are you fighting the squirrel nativity? You fighting no, you fighting baby Jesus or are you fighting Pumpkin? Kill baby Jesus. Um do you know what? I don't I still don't know. Because right, let's talk some reasoning out. The squirrel fast has teeth, has claws. Fast. Has teeth and can claws. be eaten. Yeah can be yeeted with the liberal application of a frying pan or a badminton racket or a good swift kick haunted puppet now is pumpkin on my hand that's a question that is the question right so would you rather Rules are you are the lord and master of all that you survey and you can interpret the question how you want. So I'm going to go with the haunted puppet before it goes on anybody's hand. As soon as I walk into that freaking horror show of a house, I'm picking up pumpkin and I'm throwing it on the grill. Yes, immediately. 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 Because you know when you see it, after having buried it when you were a child and now it's back fucking watching TV... No, set it on fire. Yeah, I'm I'm becoming a pining pyrotechnic. Yes. Not a pathetic one, though. No. No. I, I think the squirrel would be potential if I had a weapon. 
But let's just, let's get rid of that puppet straight away. Yeah. So, yeah, my rules are, we haven't given any further context to this. I'm seeing that puppet and I am burning it. Yes. Set the pumpkin on fire. (laughs) Grab the P-U-P-K. Put it on the G-R-I-L-L. Yeah. With tongs, I'm not. Put, I'm not touching. No, it. we can't. No, no tongue. No, 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 touchy. no, fingers, no touchy. No touchy. No touchy. No touchy. Is that what you're doing, or are you doing something else? Oh no, setting setting the pupk on fire with the grill. <laughs> I really like that scene where they were spelling everything out. <laughs> Would you rather find out? Your sibling tried to drown you because they were controlled by a haunted puppet. Or find out that your long-dead uncle is the ghost inside the haunted puppet. I'm going to say long-dead uncle is the ghost inside the haunted puppet. It's kinder to my sibling. (laughs) I would hate to think that my brother tried to drown me because we were controlled by the haunted puppet. I don't know this long dead uncle. It's it's a relative that has no meaning to me. I it it is a I don't know this person. Yeah. I am distant enough to be able to be like Oh, okay. Well uh, uh okay, B U R N G R I L L for you mate so I'm going to say long dead uncle is the ghost inside the haunted puppet same for like the exact same reasons perfect P-U-P-K on the (laughs) G-R-I-L-L and then I'm going to make s'mores over your burnt ashes would you rather eat your favourite thing at Waffle House Oh, your favourite combination of pizza and Chinese food at home. Question. Are you with me? You are the Lord and Master of all you severe. If you are with me, then we're going to the Waffle House and staying there all night long and eating everything on the menu. It's happening. But if... You're not with me, then I don't want to go to Waffle House. Fair. Like I would rather stay home and eat pizza all night. Yeah. I mean, I do love to go to Waffle House, and Jacob and I go and eat at Waffle House a lot, and we also eat Chinese food and pizza at home a lot. So I love all of them. I love everything. But if there's no bad answer on this, no, movie, there's it? not. But if you're there, then we're going to Waffle House. If I'm there, we're at Waffle House. We're already there. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. we're actually doing a live right now. In yes. House. That's oh, wouldn't happening. that be cool? Wouldn't you yeah. love to be Look able to like mouth. do a live together one day? That would be amazing. It's the dream. Okay. How do we got a live coming up soon? I'm sure we we'll do. Edit, no, edit that out. Let's do it in Waffle House. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I agree. I I agree with your answer. I haven't had Chinese takeout for ages, though. Oh. Now I have a fancy for Chinese takeout. 
There's a I make mock Chinese food all the time. Yeah. It's not actual Chinese food, but I made egg fried rice yesterday, mm. so uh, there's a really, really good just it's drive through only Chinese place here and oh everything is so good from there. They've been <gasps> we, there for I don't feel like we have enough drive through options in this country. Drive through is huge here. Yeah. But this place is like it's not it's not necessarily fast food. Like it it, it takes a little while to prepare and and drive through but like you can't you can't go inside and sit down and eat because it's just it's just this tiny little place. You see uh, the equivalent is we don't have it as a drive through. You just walk to the takeaway and you don't eat inside. Yeah. You either call for collection or delivery yeah. or use one of the many food service apps yeah. or you just wander down there was oh there was amazing chinese at the house like around the corner from the house i grew up in and it was across the road from the pub so you'd oh you'd be sitting there waiting for your order to be made and all the drunks would be coming in like oh, egg fried rice love <laughs> and then they just lean against the wall until they get the dinners and then they're just like oh you're the best and they just wander out eating the dinner and it's like mm. oh you're so funny <laughs> so yeah I oh somebody I know their favourite Chinese takeaway just closed down this week oh. and they are in official mourning oh. as well it's the worst thing trying to find a new favourite takeout place yeah. so much trial and error devastating Next question. Next question. Back to the long dead uncle. Oh, him. That jerk. Would you rather find the body of your long dead uncle who died in childhood in your garden or find a creepy room in the attic your mother made for a doll that may or may not be haunted? I'm digging up a corpse. I am answering this question immediately. Digging up a corpse. Attics are scary. And if you look up and see that the attic is like fucking boarded up shoddily, you know some shit has happened up there. No, I'll dig up a corpse in the backyard. I'm I'm with you. I'll dig up a corpse in the back. I've, I've said to you before there's family history in that. So, you know... Whatever, it's just a corpse. Just bones. It's just bones. Or rotting flesh. Either way. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather fight an imaginary dog? You can decide on the number of legs. Or a golem made of puppets. I'm fighting the golem made of puppets because, like, you couldn't always see spider he was like yeah. he would flicker in and out and like where the fuck did you go but you can see the golem made of puppets because it's fucking huge and it's slow and it's lumbering and it's terrible i'm gonna fight the golem of puppets i'm also going to fight the golem of puppets and I'm going to sound like a twisted fire starter here. I'm going to fight it with fire. Because that thing is flammable. You're going to be you are in it 
on the but not G-R-I-L. on the G R I L L because the G R I L L will be too small. You're right. You're right. Just set it on fire. Just set it on fire yeah. and walk away. Yeah. I would have set the house on fire. Same. And obviously, Mark would have been fine doing that because he already did it once. <laughs> also, he didn't get in trouble for that at all. He murdered at least two people. At least. And, you know, destruction of property. Right. <sighs> Damn. I've got Twisted Fire Star going through my head now. Thanks. Bloody prodigy. <laughs> Favorite final thought quote? <gasps> so many. So many. So many. Give me four. Four. Ooh, okay. Four. I have six, so it's fine. <laughs> Mothering, manipulating. Sometimes there wasn't a difference. She'd learned that from her mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> A puppet is a possession that possesses the possessor. That's my favourite one. That is my favourite quote. A puppet is a possession that possesses the possessor. Oof. Come on, everyone's out back making penises. I love that. Come on. You're going to hurt the feelings of all those new library books, Louise said, and instantly Poppy's eyes got wide. They're going to be sad you didn't want to read them first. You're going to make them cry. It's twisted. Really? It's twisted. It's twisted. It's messed up. <laughs> it didn't pay to ask questions past one in the morning at Waffle House. <laughs> it's true. You do not. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to leave Waffle House the biggest tip. Yeah. But you know what tip Waffle House could do? Sponsor us. Sponsor <laughs> us. Because we love Waffle House so much. Oh my gosh. We, we should probably make like Fictional Hangover Loves Waffle House t-shirts. We should. Like we really, really should. We, we need to start the We Heart Waffle House campaign. God, I know. Is that going to be our episode clip this week and we tag Waffle House? We love Waffle House. <laughs> We love Waffle House. We adore Waffle House. Waffle House, we love you. Give us money. Okay. Is it my turn now? Did you get did you finish your all your quotes? Yes. Okay. Let's see. Let's see, what do I choose? Well, let's just start out with Waffle House. Mark looked exactly like the type of guy who'd go to Waffle House at three in the morning after shooting a haunted puppet. And I know, I know, I'm pretty sure I've seen people in Waffle House who have probably just shot a haunted puppet. (laughs) We're trapped in a bathroom. Moms, puppets, hate us. There are dolls in the tub. I think we're fucked. I've got one that doesn't really, like, have anything to do with anything we've talked about. Actually, I have two of those. One of them is... This is where we grew up. It's not The Shining. It's <laughs> Shining adjacent. <laughs> I love the Shining. 
Shiny. And then <laughs> this one that doesn't have anything to do with anything, and I loved it more than words. All of this wrapped up is going to make perfect sense in just a second. Okay. You're like some kind of emotionally abusive octopus entangling everyone in your word tentacles. <laughs> That's what happened just then out of my mouth. It was word tentacles. <laughs> okay. I got two more. God, it's just it just keeps going. But this one's kind of serious. There are true okay. things and there are false things. And there are no in-betweens. And if you start getting the true things mixed mixed up with the false things, you're fucked. That's true. <laughs> that is true. And then finally, pumpkin here, pumpkin here, everybody laugh, everybody cheer. No. How do we do? No. I love it so much. Fucking yikes. Burn it, burn it down, burn it on the G-R-I-L. I love it. How do we do? Stop it. Okay, if you liked this, try this. What are you, what are you, what are you sharing about? What are you sharing about? Word tentacles. What am I sharing about? Word, <laughs> Word tentacles. Word tentacles are happening right now. A puppet is a possession that possesses. <laughs> I am going to suggest We Sold Our Souls by Grady Hendrix. Oh, shock. Shock and <gasps> awe. Another Grady Hendrix selection. I haven't read this one yet. However, it is free for me. I might be in the USA. I don't know. I'm not in the US. On Audible uh, members catalogue. So if you have an Audible member membership and you have access to their free catalogue, have a look. It, it's free for me, so it might be free for you in the US as well. And it sounds so good. The story. The story of a Faustian bargain set in the world of heavy metal. The story concerns a heavy metal band named Dirt Work. (laughs) They were big in the 90s, but then their lead singer Terry went solo, and now 20 years later, all the other band members are struggling to scrape by in lousy jobs. The heroine, Chris, soon discovers that this is because lead singer Terry somehow sold their soul in exchange for his fame and fortune. This discovery sends Chris on a cross-country journey to rage against the machine of a oblique society and ultimately reclaim her soul. Like Grady's earlier books, this book blends pop culture and horror into a story that feels very contemporary. Oh, fantastic. And it came out a couple of years ago. Mm. Very quietly, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it sounds fun. It's so good. I mean, this one just came out in January. It hasn't been out that long. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What do you got? I am going to suggest a book by another author that we've read one of their books. But apparently they write some really stellar horror as well as precious magical gingerbread stories. <gasps> Yay! So I am going to suggest The Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. Can I just say we're going to read this now? It's, we're going to get on the show. What's happening? We need now. to. We need to. You don't. Now. You don't need to tell me what the summary is. I'm in. I am there for it. I mean, apparently, there's lots of horror stories by T. Kingfisher, so we need to look into it. Love it. Yes. Okay. The Twisted Ones. 
When Mouse's dad asks her to clean out her dead grandmother's house, she says yes. After all, how bad could it be? Answer? Pretty bad. Grandma was a hoarder, and her house is stuffed with useless rubbish. That would be horrific enough. But there's more. Mouse stumbles across her step-grandfather's journal, which at first seems to be filled with nonsensical rants, until Mouse encounters some of the terrifying things he described for herself. Alone in the woods with her dog, Mouse finds herself face-to-face with a series of impossible terrors, because sometimes the things that go bump in the night are real. And they're looking for you. And if she doesn't face them head on, she might not survive to tell the tale. Yes, I'm there. Yes. 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 I'm just going to get our schedule out and just bump these books on there. So. (sighs) Damn. I'm going to put them in 2023. (laughs) I mean, we've got a whole month of nope. We do have a whole month while I update our potential future listens schedule thing word tentacles word tentacles (laughs) do we have (laughs) a new indie spotlight we do I'm multitasking (laughs) word tentacles (laughs) Our Patreon viewers could quite clearly see that I'm doing something else and trying to talk at the same time and fading miserably. Welcome to this gold quality entertainment. Uh, you talk. I will. <laughs> yes, I have a new and indie spotlight. It's called Here Lies Olive and it's by Kate Anderson and it is not out yet. It's Expected to be published October 24th of this year. So, coming soon. Growing up in the dark tourism capital of the United States, 16-year-old Olive should be comfortable with death. But ever since an allergic reaction almost sent her to the wrong side of the grass, she's been terrified that there's no afterlife. And after the death of her surrogate grandmother, Olive has kept everyone at arm's length because if there's nothing after we die, relationships and love can only end in sorrow. When she summons a spirit to answer her questions about death, Olive meets Jay, a hitchhiking ghost trapped in the woods behind the poorhouse where he died. Olive agrees to help Jay find his unmarked grave in exchange for answers about the other side and what comes next. Meanwhile, someone, or something, is targeting Olive's classmates. And the longer Jay lingers, the more serious the attacks become. Blaming herself for having brought Jay back, Olive teams up with maybe nemesis, maybe crush, Marisol, ex-best friend Davis, and new girl Vanessa to free Jay's spirit before he's trapped as a malevolent shade and the attacks turn deadly. But in doing so, Olive must face her fear of death and risk losing another person she loves to the nothing. That sounds really good. There's a lot going on in that 
in that one and yeah that's all yeah i'm i'm excited to read it and you know learn about what's actually happening is it a puppet a puppet is a possession that possesses the possessor yes it's probably not but you know what it probably involves word tentacles Oh, I was going to say a G-R-I-L-L. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. Done. Dunsies. I'm Amanda. <laughs> and I think I'm class. I'm class. I'll be class. Join us next time as we discuss, for our Vampire Book Club pick this month, Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise, including soon-to-exist Waffle House love shirts, apparently. (laughs) And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.